And the Lord, th th there was one word that kept going over in my mind. And that was watchman. And I, I, I wondered about it. I know that in the days of old, they would, they would have watchmen that were set over cities. These men were set there. They were set there by the leaders, by the king, to look out, to look for dangers, to look for uprisings, to look for anything that would harm the people of that kingdom. They were to be diligent. And as I begin to think on that, the Lord gave me a message for the church. Now, I don't believe that it's just for this church, but it is for this church. I believe that the Lord is doing a work that he is, he is calling to us and he's calling to others as well. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. It talks about, it says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, speaking of Jesus here, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation." Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto his disciples, The day will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see. What scripture is talking about there is he said, the times are, are going to get to the point to where you're going to long for one of the days where you saw the works of the Son of Man, where, where you were there and you were able to, to walk with Jesus, where you were able to, to be in his presence and, and hear the words and see the miracles and those things, and, and you're not going to be able to see them. Huh. It continues on and it says, They shall say to you, See here or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under, unto, under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things, and be rejected of this generation. And this is where the Lord really began to, to speak to me this morning. In verse 26, and it says, And as it was in the day of Noah, Amen. so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Then he 
continues on and says, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Now I begin to I begin to pray about this. I begin to seek the Lord. The Lord gave me a message for the church. Now, before I go any further in this, I, I want us to know that, listen, I've said it many times before that none of us are perfect. If you're here today and you think that you're without sin, you're, you're mistaken. Paul, probably one of the uh, one of the greatest men of God, the great greatest ministers of the gospel. Jesus asked him, "Why do you persecute me?" And then later we see in Paul's ministry, he he talked about him being a sinner. He considered himself a sinner, and even into the height of his ministry, when miracles were being done. Uh, the, to the extent that they were taking handkerchiefs and, and touching them to his body and then laying them on others and, and they were being healed. Great, uh, uh, you know, just miracles that were being performed. He talked about even during those times that he was the cheapest of all sinners. You know, in the church, we have this we have this misconception that because we are here, that we're right with God. Amen. Come on now. Now listen, I'm not saying that you're lost, but I'm saying that every one of us have things that we can repent of. Amen. We have things that we can grow with. Things that, as, as the tongues talked of this morning, things that are done in secret. Things that, that we do that nobody else knows about, but God sees those things. That message this morning was a confirmation to me about what the Lord spoke to me this morning. And I believe God is, is calling to his church, calling us all to a place of repentance, calling us to a place of rededication. Calling us to a closer walk with him. Oh. I want us to take a look this morning at the life of Noah. Let's look in Genesis chapter 6. And I won't, I won't read the whole thing to you. But Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, it talks about Noah and it talks about how that Noah had his three sons and, and how the earth was so corrupt before God and, and it was filled with violence. 
We can see those things. We can see what, what uh, Jesus spoke of in Luke, those things happening in our world today. It, we're not blind. We see the evil, the wickedness, the, the violence, the, the hatred, the, the, all the sin that's going on. So we can see that parallel. Yes. Mm. God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Verse 13 tells us, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And he began to give instructions to Noah. He said, Make me an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. And shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. And he goes into the dimensions. The, the length and the width and the height. What, that there should be one window. Where that window should be. That there should be one door. And where that door should be. He talks about the fact that, that there should be three store, stories. In this ark. And in verse 17 it says. Behold I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth. To destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. And then he begins to talk. As we continue on about how that Noah uh, is going to have the animals. That are going to come into the ark. Now it's interesting to me because. Nowhere does God ever instruct Noah to go gather the animals. The animals were going to come to Noah. Yes. But God did instruct Noah to gather the food that the animals would need. Mm. Verse 21. And take thou unto thee of all the food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and, that sh and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Huh. Church, I believe that when the Lord spoke about such as it was in the days of Noah, he was not just talking about the sin that was in the world. But I believe there is also a picture there of, of what God is expecting of his church. I believe that there is a parallel there of what God's people are supposed to do, what we're supposed to be in the end time. When God instructed Noah to, to make an ark of gopher wood, an ark is, is nothing more than a box. The word is tiba, which literally means a box. All this was was a box that was a certain length, a certain width, a certain height. It had three floors. It had one window. It had one door. There were some rooms that were within it. 
This was a place that God was going to store his possessions to keep it safe during the flood. You know, as I was reading this, I noticed there was no mention of two things in this ark. There was no mention of any type of a sail, any type of a way of propulsion of any kind. And there was also no mention of a rudder or any sort of steering device. Listen, the church is not moved by you or I. The church moves by the Spirit of God, by the power of God, by the anointing of God. We do not control the direction in which the Spirit moves, but the Spirit controls the way that the church moves. We have too many today, too many churches that want to control where the church goes. It wants to control the direction of, of where the spirit moves. It's time now that the church does this. Or, or it's time now that we move into this direction. No, that is not your choice or mine. That is the choice of God. one door and one window. There's only one way to get into that ark and there was only one light that shined into that, into that ark. <laughs> Today we have churches, we have people that call themselves Christians that, that are trying to add doors and windows to the church. I believe that the ark is a type of the church. I, I believe that the church is that, that vessel that, that the people of God enter into, and it's that, that safety, yes. that place of safety. Yes. And, and we can't alter what God has established. If Noah had altered the construction of the ark in any way, I believe it would have fallen apart and sank, and it would have been destroyed. Amen. But no. No one knew that, hey, listen, if God is telling me that he's going to destroy the earth and he's offering me a way of being saved from that destruction, I better pay attention. Amen. The Bible never records that, that God spoke to Noah and said, boy, now don't you change any of this. You do it just the way I said. But Noah was wise enough to know that Listen, if God said that I'm supposed to do it this way, I'm going to do it that way. Amen. I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. Christianity today has, has sought to change the word of God. Amen. They, they've perverted the way of salvation. Yes. They, they've changed the, the, the method of baptism. Yes. They've altered what the word of God says. And God is calling the church, not just the United Pentecostal Church. He's calling people worldwide back to the truth of His Word. Amen. Amen. 
He's calling them back and saying, no, there's only one way. It's in the instructions. Read them, know them, and follow them. Today, I believe that, that God has given me this message for the church. And that anyone that can and will should hear. We can no longer have it our way. That's the truth. Church is not our decision. How, how we live. It is not up to us. There's too many Christians today that are trying to get to heaven on their own terms. Yes. They're, they're trying to accept judgment on their own terms. There, there are people that, that come into the church house every week. They're faithful. They sit on the pews. They're here during worship service. They stand. They may clap and sing and worship. They, they, may, they may pray. But they haven't sold themselves out to God. Every week, it's a trial basis. Let me see if I, if, if I decide this week that I'm going to sell out. I'm almost convinced, and they'll walk out the doors. Next week, they'll come back and say, Preacher, Try to convince me once again. Oh, you came really close this week, preacher. Maybe next week and they'll walk right back out. Oh, but church, hear me today. The Lord is calling to us Amen. saying, it is time to sell out to me. Oh. Hallelujah. Everything has to go except for That's his right. word. That's right. We have brought into the church our own selfish wills, our desires, Amen. the philosophy of men, what the world has reasoned and thought That's is it. right. That's true. We have brought in political correctness. We have brought in things that are not in the word of God. Amen. Preach it. We have brought things into the church that go against God's word. Amen. There are churches that have, that have welcomed and accepted things that God has said is an abomination. Right. That God has said is sin. They've brought them not only into the church. They've brought those into the ministry. Amen. They've brought them into the pulpit. They preach a message of acceptance. Yes. Listen, Jesus was the greatest example of love that was ever ever given. Yeah. Right, amen. But he did not preach. He did not teach acceptance right. of sin. Right. He taught a, a, a way of deliverance yes. from sin. Yes. He taught a way that we could live above sin. He taught a purification. He taught a redemption. Hallelujah. 
There are too many people today that, that want to be saved, but they're not willing to sell out to God. I would venture to say that across America, probably across the, across the globe, you can walk into any church and you can find people there that have a sincere desire to God, but they're not sold out. Their flesh is still holding them back. They're caught up with the things of this world and they, they brought, as I said, that spirit of selfishness into the church. Yes. Well, preacher, I, I, I want to serve God and I, you know, I, I love God, but I, I want to do it on my own terms. No, I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. I don't get to set the rules. You don't get to set the rules. Oh, we, we may have our own thoughts and our ideas, but unless they align with the word of God, we're wrong. It's just that simple. And, and in our society, no one likes to be told that they're wrong. If someone is told that they're wrong, they, they search to find a way to say, well, but we can, we can bend the rules to make that okay. I'm sorry, God does not bend his rules. God does not change. His word is written, it is established, and it will not change. There's one way that we can be saved. Amen. That's, right. That's through the repentance, the water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is the one and the only way that we can be saved. There is none other that's given in the word of God. He is righteous. He is holy. And he doesn't change. That will be the, the thing that we are judged against. Did you obey the plan of salvation? Oh, see, and, and it doesn't stop there. Just like it didn't stop with, with God telling Noah that, hey, listen, you need to build an ark. But then he gave him specific instructions. It needs to be this big. It needs to be, you know, this long and this wide and this high, and there needs to be this many floors. Right. He began to tell him how to construct it. Yeah. We have that same thing in our life as Christians. God tells us how we must live. Amen. Right. Amen. Oh, now we're just getting personal, preacher. Right. Listen, it's not me, it's God. Amen. God is a very personal God. And when God says that we should be holy because he's holy, Amen. he expects us to be holy. Amen. He doesn't say, you know, if, it, if it's convenient to you, be holy. But God does not compromise. God does not give and bend. and He's not flexible. He says be holy. That means live holy, dress holy, talk holy, act holy. Let your countenance be holy. Oh, let, let the spirit that comes from within you, let it be holy. Mm. 
See, we're given those instructions on how to live and, and, and what we are to do for him. And, and if we fail to follow those instructions, we're setting ourselves up for failure. I believe that's what the Lord was speaking to us this morning. You know, so many times we feel comfortable when we come into church because, listen, we're, you know, we're, we're doing more than some others. You know, I mean, I, I haven't missed a Sunday and, and you know, all year, Pastor. I, I've been there every week. That's good. That's awesome. You know, I, I make sure that, you know, that I, I, I stay prayed up. Well, good. That's good. Are, are you following God's word? Have you, have you read his word and are you being obedient? I, I feel like there's, that there's people, and, and listen, I, I'm including myself. There's things that God's still working on me with. Amen. And God said, Mark, you need to get that out of your life. And I believe that God is calling to the church today saying, Church, purify yourself. Purify yourself. Oh, we need to find favor in the eyes of God just like Noah did. If we're going to find favor in his eyes, we have to be pleasing to him. We can't reason with God. Not at all. God is just and he is holy. If we want to be saved, we better take notes and follow those to the letter. That's why the scripture tells us that we need to study to, to show ourselves approved unto God. There's too many Christians today that want to be spoon fed. Well, if I need to know it, then the preacher will tell me on Sunday. Listen, there's, there's some responsibility on your part, too. There's responsibility on my part. I've got to study this word. I've got to pray and seek God's face and say, Lord, talk to me. Show me, God, what I need to do. God, what am I, what am I lacking? God, what are the things in my life that, that, are, that are not pleasing to you? And, and when God begins to, to talk to us about those things and begins to convict us, we don't need to push them aside and say, oh, but that's not that big a deal, God. But we need to respond and say, God, if, if you don't like that, then I, I'm okay with that. I, I'll give that up. Like I said, God instructs us to live holy. And, you know, we can try to justify our life, but God's the judge. Every time. You know, I thought it was interesting in the, in the passage that we read in, in Luke, it, it said, remember Lot's wife. You know, she was on her way out of the city. She was, she was escaping. She was in the midst of being saved from the destruction. But evidently, there was something in the city. 
that was so valuable to her. There was something there that, that meant more to her than the, than, than the salvation that God was offering to her. There was something there that had a hold on her. Oh, I, I feel in the spirit today, I feel led to say we need to examine our life. Is there anything that we have that is more valuable? Is there anything that, that could draw us and, and keep us from fulfilling the, the, the words of God, the commands of God, doing what God wants us to do? Is there anything in our life that we would turn back and say, no, that's too much? That's what happened with Lot's wife. There was something that was just too much. She couldn't leave it. Church, that's why the Bible talks about us not being uh, weighed down with the things of this world. Not being encumbered with the things of this world. Oh, listen, I don't, I, I don't begrudge anybody with anything that they have. But don't let anything have you. Amen. Listen, if you possess something, all that means is you got it in your hand. But we've got to be willing to lay anything down and say, that's all right. I don't need that. Amen. There can't be anything that is so important to us that we would that we would step back from God. I, I don't ever want any possession, any anything in my life that would that would cause me to say, well, wait a minute, God. Hang on a second. Let me do this first. God, hold on. Let me put this up in a place of, of safety and, and protect it, and then I'll do what you want me to do. Listen, there is no possession. There is nothing that, that is more valuable than my salvation. The Bible tells us that this earth is going to be burned up with fire. That there is nothing that we are carrying from this life into the next. It will be our spirit and that is it. That's all that we're taking into that next life. Even this body, this flesh, isn't stepping over to the other side. There's going to be a new body that we are given. A glorified body. I don't need this flesh because there's a perfect flesh that is waiting for me on the other side. My, my home is not going to be there. I've got a mansion waiting for me. My car is not going to be there. I won't need it. God's got a better way of transportation for me. You want to you talk about your money? Come on, the streets are paved with gold. Oh, there's, there's nothing here that, that is worth anything compared to heaven. Compared to being in the presence of God. Church, we gotta we gotta get our mind focused on God and say, listen, the cares of this life will not weigh me down. I'm gonna serve God. God has called us to be a witness. He's called us to be salt and light and in this world. And we cannot pollute the light. We cannot uh, dilute the 
the salt that we are. The scripture warns about salt that's lost its savor. Oh, God, don't ever let me as salt lose my savor. Don't let my life ever be dim. I, I thought about that, and I, I thought about how that if there's a dark room and I'm trying to cross through it, I, I can remember as a kid that, that my brother, or, or sometimes even my dad, he'd mess with me too. But they'd stand over there and, you know, hey, go over there and unlock that door. And it was dark. And so, well, I'll turn the light on. And I'd start walking, and they'd turn the light back on. And I'd look back, and they'd turn it back on. I'd start walking again, and they'd turn it off. And they'd just sit there flipping the light on and off. That would be George. <laughs> George Sr. and George Jr. Or the second. But, you know, as Christians, sometimes people do that. Oh, when I come to church, I'm going to turn the light on and, man, I'm going to shine. But as soon as I walk out those doors, let me flip that light off and I, I become something else. Oh. oh. Lord. Listen, it, it's not dark in the church. We've got light in the church. It's when we step outside these walls that we need light. We need light in dark places. I don't need a flashlight when I'm standing in the sun. It's when the sun has gone down and it's dark that I need a flashlight. I need some light to point the way. Oh, that's what God has called us to be. Amen. There are some Christians they live in a manner that's contrary to, to the Bible and they still call themselves Christians. They live sinful lives and say, oh, oh yeah, I, I, they, they make an excuse and say, oh yeah, well, you know, that's because I'm still sinful man. And, and you know, it's okay if I sin. Well, no, we're not supposed to sin. We're supposed to strive to live above sin. That's why we have the Spirit of God. That's why we have the Holy Ghost, to give us the ability to live above sin. We're not supposed to, you know, use that as an excuse to sin. But there are Christians today that say, oh, listen, it's okay. I, I, I can go to the priest and I can, you know, I, I can say a few Hail Marys or I, I can, I can, you know, pay a little bit extra or, or I, I can go and, you know, give a little extra in the offering and it'll be okay. Or, or I can, you know, I can just, you know, go to church once a week and say, God, I, I'm sorry and walk out the doors and just continue to do that. You're, you're bringing confusion. There are people, when, when, when you call yourself a Christian, yes. there are people that look at you. Right. And they're looking and seeing, how do they live? How do they act? What do they do? Amen. And, and if you're living that type of a life, if you're not separating yourself from the world, you're doing the same thing that the world's doing, then how are you any different? And they're confused. Well, the Bible says that, you know, I, I've read the word and it says that, you know, we're, we're supposed to live holy, but 
you're not living holy. You're not living any different than me. How, how, what makes you a Christian? Oh, well, I've been saved. Really? Well, what changed in you? Yes, amen. Oh, come on. I, I, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the church this morning. But we all need to hear this. Amen. There need to be some things. There's still some things in our life that we need to change. Amen. Amen. There's still things that we as the church need to improve on. That's right. Yes. That's right. Amen. If, if that weren't true, we, we wouldn't have had that message from the Lord this morning. Amen. Church, I, I, I feel like, like God is, has given me this message as a warning to us all. Amen. Like I said, I, I don't believe that it's just for this church. I believe that God is giving this message to churches around the world. Yes. And I believe that whoever hears this word needs to take it to heart. We all Daily need to examine our life and say, God, what am I doing? God, what more can I do? If we're honest, we'll be like Paul. And we'll say, you know what? It doesn't matter what move of God is happening. I'm still, there, there's still more that, that I can do for you, God. I, I've still got sin. I, you know, he, he said he was the chiefest of all sinners. In the midst of great, mighty, miraculous works, yeah. he said he was still the chiefest of all sinners. I believe that as we move closer to God, we move further into the light, the more we begin to see about ourselves. Yes. I, I, become, I become concerned as a pastor when, when saints of God come into the house of God and, and think that, well, no, I'm okay. Everything's all right with me. I, I don't. I, I don't need to do any more. I'm. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm faithful. I come to church. I live all right. You know. I, I spoke in tongues this week. Jesus. Listen. The closer we get to God, the the more that God, His His light, His truth, His perfection begins to reveal in us. Stand with me today. You know, I, uh, I was, <clears throat> my, my wife had picked up these candlesticks, or actually one of my daughters did, picked up these candlesticks. Uh, I don't know, they picked them up somewhere. And, and they were, they're brass candlesticks, and, and they were all tarnished. Okay, well, hey, I can, you know, I can clean these and make them right. And and the more that I cleaned them, the better they looked. But as I begin to clean them and they begin to shine and they they really begin to look nice, you can look and there's still imperfections. Imperfections that I couldn't see before. 
That's the way it is with God. When we come into the church, when we're saved, God cleans us. He forgives us of our sins. And, and, and we begin to shine. That light begins to shine through us. But as that light shines, as it, it begins to reveal to us some other imperfections that are in us. And God says, I want to, I want to fix those also. Yes. I want Amen. to remove those. Yeah. And, and as God begins to, to remove those, he says, now come a little closer and let me, let me show you this. See, God is trying to get us back to that, that perfect state that he created us. And he's going to work on us throughout this life. Amen. But we, we have to sell out to him. Yes. Church, I feel like God is, is, is calling to us today. He's reaching for us. Amen. Listen, I, I don't believe that, that God is mad at anyone here. I don't believe that, that God hates us, that God is, you know, is upset with us. But I do believe that God is saying, listen, you've, you've stayed where you're at long enough. You've, you've held on to those things in your life long enough. It's time for you to come a little closer. That's right. Amen. Thank you. I want to challenge you right now. I want us before we're dismissed today just to find a place. Let's take a few moments. Let's pray. Let's begin to pour our hearts out to God and say, God, cleanse me. Lord, I surrender. I yield myself to you, God. It's only through our yielding, it's through our surrender that God can do those things. As long as we have a, a, a tight grip on those, God's not going to try to steal it out of our hands. It's not until we open and say, here, God, take it. It's when we offer it to him, when we offer these things, say, God, I, I sacrifice this to you. Amen. Well, I, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Why don't you just let God begin to speak to you right now? Find a place. Let's, let's pray as they just softly play today. Let's find a place in your heart.